Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Jerry's over there, and uh, it's time for Stuff You Should Know, everybody. So <laughs> settle down. Buckle in. Get ready. Hey, congratulations to Kristen Bell. Stuff You Should Know celebrity fan Kristen Bell uh-huh. and her husband, Dak Shepard, had their baby. Oh, hey, congratulations. It's a big congratulations to you, and uh, I don't know if Mr. Shepard con- listens. I thought you were going to congratulate her on her Kickstarter movie. Oh, and the Veronica Mars movie? Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. My wife is very much looking forward to that. Yes. And your wife is looking forward to meeting the baby. <laughs> She's on her way right now. Kristen Bell's locking the doors. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What started out as a small fascination with their show ended in tragedy. A dangerous made-for-TV movie obsession. Anyway, just wanted to say congratulations. Yeah, that's nice of you, Chuck. Sure. Uh, I got no congratulations over here. Yeah, interesting that I tied that to this podcast on, like, female torture, essentially. Do you think there's something to that? No. Okay, good. Well, we live in a world now where we don't have to worry about, although I think they had a son, where any little baby's feet being binded, or I guess not babies, but four or five-year-olds. Or bound. Yeah. Yeah. Bound? Binded? Bound. Okay. The, the, because the feet were bound, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you think we should explain to everybody what we're talking about? Foot binding? Yeah. I'm glad you, um, thank you congratulated Kristen Bell because I didn't really have much of an intro for this one. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I, it, because it's just so fascinating. I feel like we should just kind of dive right in. Yeah. Fascinating and horrible and like oddly, uh, impactful in areas I never would have considered. Yeah. So we should say that over the course of about a thousand years, from roughly 970 till about the 1950s, like almost on the dot a thousand years. Yeah. About three billion women in China um, bound their feet to basically train them to become small and pointy in a really bizarre custom that just kind of came out of nowhere and stuck around again Vol- for yeah. about a thousand years. Voluntarily deforming their feet. Well, at the very least, their mothers and grandmothers voluntarily deformed their feet for yeah, them. Could, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Um, but at some point, they had to take over, and I guess then it became voluntary. Well, sure. Well, we'll get to all that. Okay. Spoilers abound. So, basically, this was purposeful deformation of the human foot, the human female foot, uh, in order to attract men. Yeah. It was a standard of beauty, a bound foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll describe it in a minute, but, um, the, the, the idea, the whole thing kind of came from, they think about, like I said, 970 AD, uh, in the court of an emperor named Li Yu. And Li Yu had a favorite girlfriend. <laughs> Ballerina girl? Yeah. And apparently he saw her dancing once on a golden lotus pedestal. Because everything was made of gold back then in China. Sure. And um, she had her feet kind of wrapped up, I guess, like a ballerina or something. Yeah. And he apparently got very, very excited at this. (laughs) Visibly excited. So much so that um, the other ladies of the court noticed this. Wait, did you say visibly excited? Visibly excited. Okay. Um, Yes, if you know what I mean. Really? 
I, I would imagine. Okay. Hey, this guy's <laughs> been dead a thousand years. Like all all slander and defamation is like out the window. Sure. It's like it was a rocking time. It was the Southern Tang Dynasty. Like, it, it was. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it made Caligula look like watching it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, boring. Yeah. So, um, so really, the Lee Yu was very much entranced by this enough that um, other women in the court noticed it, and they started wrapping their feet as well. Yeah. And it just kind of took off from there, and it took a weird turn pretty early on. Uh, well, what's the turn? Well, the turn is originally, apparently, the first, the, the woman who started this whole thing just kind of wrapped her feet in bandages. Yeah. To, to, I guess. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. That turn. It, a literal turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it became a status thing at first because wealthy women did it. And um, then it sort of spread and, and and it also would end up preventing women from doing like manual labor. Mm-hmm. Well, not prevent, but it made it tougher. So it was sort of a status thing that meant like if you had the bound feet, you're like, not out there working in the fields. Yeah. I don't even have to throw a hoe. But then it spread throughout China and only... A few places, actually, it was more than this article led on. I did some more research on that. Uh-huh. I saw like where fifty to sixty percent of the women ended up binding their feet in China, mm-hmm. and this says like a hundred percent, except in these provinces. Well, I think they were saying about close to a hundred percent of the higher classes. Okay, but yeah, there was. I guess that makes sense. So maybe about half of the Chinese population total. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so the strange turn it took though was to go from simply wrapping their feet. To actually uh, the binding process, which is malforming your feet at a young age, like four to seven years old, yeah, uh, for life, to where when your shoe is off, it looks like you're wearing a, your foot looks like a high heel. You're disfigured. Yeah. You can't walk very well. Um, you can't, again, you can't work in the fields. Yeah. Um, and your, your foot has been brought to a point, basically, that's ideally three inches long. Three inches. Like, that's it. And it's pointed. Yeah. And you do this by training your foot and your bones to to deform. Yeah, and when I say it looks like a high heel, like, your foot looks like a shoe. Like, the heel is separate from the rest of the foot and a big block that looks like the heel of a shoe, and the foot is permanently arched and pointy, and the toes are curled under, and it's just... If you look up pictures of this, it's horrific looking. Yeah, and it was so um, entrenched in the Chinese culture that when it was outlawed for, I guess, the first time in 1912, um, it continued on, and it took the uh, communists taking over to really get rid of it. And footbinding went the way of disco um, by just practical necessity. Um, Women had to work in the field, and if you had bound feet, well, you're in big trouble. Yeah, well, the end of it, should we talk about the end now or should we do it later? Let's do it now. Okay. <laughs> Let's just mess with the structure. The end of it, there were a lot of factors at play. One was Western missionaries came over there for the first time mm-hmm. and said, yeah, you know, this is really not what the rest of the world is doing. <laughs> and it doesn't make you look good, by the way. Uh, social Darwinists got on it and were like, yeah, you know what, we're not going to survive as a country because... Like, half of our population is hobbled, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is going to be really bad for business one day. And so they mounted, like, a real campaign, like an education campaign, which is really unusual back then. And uh, they had three phases to it. One was that it made you look bad and look strange to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, 
that taught the advantages of having normal feet, like walking without pain. Right. And then they formed um, natural foot societies where people would pledge not to do this to their daughters or allow their daughter to marry a son or, or allow their son to marry a girl who had bound feet. Huh. Because that was one of the big deals. If you didn't have bound feet, then guys would just pass you over. Right. What, that, so that's what it took to finally like eradicate it. When was that? Uh, that was... Was that after the 1912 outlaw or the, the well, communism? No it, was, no, it was leading up to that. So okay. 1912 was when it was formally outlawed. But oh, gotcha. Dude, they had government inspectors that would come around yeah. and make sure that you weren't binding feet any longer. Right. And they would like hide girls that they still wanted to. So it's like really oppressive and weird. Yeah, because that campaign that you just described is basically point for point trying to undo a thousand years of custom. Yeah. Like if you had unbound feet, like natural feet, you were considered a freak. They yeah. were ugly. There was something wrong with you. And even more to the point, uh, no man would marry you. Yeah. Because bound feet were so idolized in Chinese culture um, that if you were p- just totally plain or even horrendously ugly in every other way, but had really knockout bound feet, yeah, like that was enough for you. You were a butterfly. You were going to do pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe now, but when you see these photos and, like, the x-rays and stuff, it's just, like, total de- deformation. Yeah. So let's talk about this. There's, there's an actual process, yeah. fairly straightforward, although extremely painful and dangerous. Um, if you, like, I think you said you uh, you grab, like, your four-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And you say... It's time. Prepare for a lifetime of pain and suffering. Right. Starting now. Right. And you take her feet and you soak them in uh, hot water for a few hours. Yeah, and animal blood, too. Oh, yeah? What did that do? Same thing. Softened it. Softened you up. Okay, so like that was the whole purpose of the soaking was to soften the skin, make it more pliable, and I imagine the muscles, too. Yeah. Um, and then after the soaking, you would scrape away any dead skin. And then after that, their toenails were clipped, you know? Super short. So they're still... Kids are like, okay, I don't really like the toenail clipping part, but the foot soak more than makes up for it. Right. Um, and boy, do I really, it turns out I like animal blood. <laughs> Soaking my feet in it. Yeah. And then um, the the uh, either their mom or maybe a learned woman in the village sure. would say, all right, now we're going to start bending your foot. Yeah. I imagine these ladies, too, if they were the village lady that did it, they probably didn't take much guff. No, probably not. You know, they probably didn't mess around. I imagine they came in there and just sort of took care of business. Like, they've heard it all before. Right, but you know? for as, as grisly and grotesque a procedure, it's actually a delicate procedure, too, because if it, if you can wrap your mind around this, there's ways to do it wrong that can <laughs> yeah. lead to problems. That's a good point. There's actual risk factors. So uh, the one other thing I left out was they sprinkle talc in there yeah. to keep it from perspiring because you want it to be dry. Right. And then they start bending things, right? Yeah. Well, then the cotton comes out. The bandage is about two inches uh, wide, about 10 feet long. And they would soak those in the hot water and blood and herbs as well Mm -hmm. because they want those to shrink up. It's all about shrinking. They want those to shrink up after they're applied to the feet. Right. Um, And then the old lady comes up and she folds the little four toes that were just clipped, not the big toe, under as far as she can and then starts to do little figure eights to keep them in place. You leave the big toe exposed. So you just the figure eights with the bandages. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you leave the big toe exposed and the heel exposed. Yeah. And you 
just cinch those little front toes under. They break the toes. It breaks the foot bones. It sounds horrific because it is. Right. And it brings the heel closer toward the ball of the yeah. foot. So the point of your feet is now your big toe. Mm-hmm. The slightly wider part behind it is the ball of your foot. And then behind that is your heel. And yeah. underneath it all are your four poor, poor little toes. Yep. And the top of your foot is at this really unreasonable, odd-looking arch. Right. And it, because like said, that's, looks like you're in a high heel. Yeah. By making it uh, arched, you're bringing, you're allowing that distance that was once between the ball of the foot and the heel to go up rather than between the two. So you're right. bringing them together. And so all this has just been done to a four-year-old. Four-year-old is yeah. probably crying in pain. And after you finish with the bandages... Um, the old lady or the mom would probably sew them. Yeah. Because especially if you're dealing with a four-year-old, it's going to try to get these things off. Um, and then they say, all right, start walking. Yeah, they put a little shoe on there. And the, the, the first steps with these things, and I imagine many steps afterward, are excruciatingly painful. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Um, here's the, here's the craziest part, if you ask me. You do this every day. For years. Yeah, well, every couple of days. Okay, every day or every other day is what <laughs> I got. I'm trying to diminish it, yeah. For a couple of years, it takes a, a couple to a few years for these things to be fully deformed into what are called um, lotus petals. Yeah. Or it, new moons or whatever. You, you Because it's a bandage, you know, you, you unbind and they actually would like need the, the broken foot mm-hmm. to keep it broken. Right. And uh, dry it all out real good because infection... Like the toes would cut into the foot if they weren't clipped properly, so infection yep. and gangrene was right. too tight. All big threats to like losing their feet. Right, because if you wrap if you wrap them too tight, they can become gangrenous because you get gangrene, which is a massive loss of dead tissue um, due to to poor circulation. Um, so the foot could just fall off. And like you were saying, if you don't clip the toenails, Chuck, like you have to do that every day. Oh yeah, or every time you you unwrap and then wrap your feet and then even worse than that if you didn't wrap them pretty quickly after you bathed them mm-hmm. every day or other day um they could start to lose their shape which apparently was a, 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 a as painful as an, the initial foot binding procedure yeah like once your foot has started to take shape if you wanted to say no you know what i don't want to do this anymore it's, <laughs> right. it's just as painful for the foot to undo itself right because it's already like malformed but there was like you didn't think that. I think once yeah. once this happened to you from your mom or whatever and you grew a little older and you started to take over for yourself and you were bathing and wrapping your own feet sure. every other day, you understood why you were doing this because foot binding was so important that you could be just completely poverty stricken and some rich dude would still be like, I like your feet a lot. Yeah, and those are I'm like just gonna, two and a half inches. Yeah, I I can't even breathe right now because your feet are so deformed um, that I want to marry you. It's so weird. Yeah. So there's a... And beyond being wrong and gross and oppressive and all that stuff, it was just so odd to me that that was like a turn on. Yeah, and it, man, it was a turn on. Like foot binding yeah. was highly, highly erotic. Um, I mean, you guys like nice feet. Trust me, I get that. Right. But these deformed, uh, I just don't get it. But this was pretty much a national foot fetish. Yeah. Um, and it was nationalized. It was cultural, and it was extraordinarily widespread. Like we said, about three billion women over the course of a thousand years um, bound their feet. Yeah, and it had a lot of 
odd effects, side effects that went along with it. Yeah. Um, when three billion people do something that, yeah. that hobbles them, there are going to be some weird repercussions. Yeah, there. that you don't think about. Um, one thing it definitely did was it fostered dominance over women because of the simple fact that if a woman's being beaten, she can't run away. Um, a woman can't travel very far, period, so they're going to hang around their village and their house. Mm-hmm. And so it just, you know, it's like hobbling somebody. Right. All of a sudden, they can't get around as well, so they're just dependent on you. Right. And they really aren't traveling much. Not a lot of traveling going on no. when your feet are bound. Um, and then also the fact that you they have women with bound feet had trouble walking um, meant that the architecture of China kind of was created to um, help this out. Like yeah. they had to lean on windows or um, walls, I mean. Yeah. So buildings were, were built close together so the average woman could, could, you know, lean on a wall while she was walking. Yeah, and there weren't a lot of six-story walk-ups. In, in ancient China. Man, that would have been cruel. Everything was one story as a result. So it, yeah, it had a weird uh, impact on the architecture. And uh, what else? Colonization? Yeah, that was a really big one. That was surprising. That. Yeah. Um, you know, most people realize that China didn't do a lot of exploring um, while the rest of the world was. It just kind of isolated itself and shut itself off. And one of the um, reasons given for that was that the women were footbound, yeah, and they couldn't travel like um, women in other countries who could walk normally did. Um, so, with the Chinese women unable to travel and, um, I guess, see the sights, uh, their men didn't want to leave them, so they stayed at home. Yeah, and actually, the areas that didn't practice foot binding are the ones that actually did go out and colonize other places, like the Philippines. Right. They were southern, the old southern west. China. Yeah, or the Old West. Like every great Old West show has like the one Chinese immigrant family. With the uh, ponytails. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, the article points out like we're being hard on it because it's easy to look at today at some antiquated practice as really cruel and unusual and weird. Mm-hmm. But um, at the time, they and the women, you know, wanted their feet bound. There were great bonds between the generations because it was such a cultural thing between the women. Oh, yeah. They would sew their shoes together. Um, I listened to this one NPR Fresh Air that interviewed some some of these uh, old Chinese ladies that still, you know, are some of the last surviving ones. Yeah. And a couple of them said, you know, I really regret it now. It's been a lifetime of pain. But most of them said, no, we wanted to do it, and this was... I'm very proud of the fact that we did this. Yeah, and these are these are women who are confronted with the outside world, and they still feel pride about their bound feet. You can yeah. imagine how much pride a woman had in her bound feet while it was the norm, you know, because yeah. it was basically the norm in China, and these women weren't going out anywhere else. So if you had really nice bound feet, that was a huge point of pride for you. So one of the other weird things we need to talk about is sexy time. Yeah. Because we talked about foot fetishes and things, but it really like something happened in the water at this time where Chinese men really, really got into it. And they would take the shoe off in these odd deformed feet and they would like do weird things like drink the water that they bathe their feet in or put nuts between the toes and Mm -hmm. eat the nuts from their uh, toes and, uh, just really odd things. I also read that it became a um, another orifice, I guess, if you can imagine. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, even uh, outside of that, 
I guess one of the more normal things to do is to bury your face in the center of the bottom of the foot and really get like a good whiff motorboat. of it. Motorboat? Yeah. No, <laughs> no motorboat. No, to smell it. Gotcha. And then, uh, Chuck, we should point out that if you're doing that, if you're burying your face in the um, deformed foot of a foot-bound woman, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that happens pretty commonly when your feet are bound is that they um, develop pustules that break and stink. And so there is a, I read one guy, a contemporary report from several centuries ago saying like, there is no other smell like it in the world. Nothing as sexy as a deformed foot with leaking stinky pustules. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was a definite fetish that grew up around it. There was a, um, at least one sex manual released with, I think, 48 different, um, things to do with a, (laughs) with a bound foot. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, there, the shoes. We didn't talk about the shoes, uh, but they play a role in that eroticism as well. About the strengthening of the muscles. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's a big part. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, the the there was a theory, at least, that because they had to walk so funny and oddly, that their vaginal muscles were extra strong mm-hmm. and thus more pleasurable to the man. Right. So. Um. And then, so the average woman with footbound shoe. Or with with bound feet, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, she had at least four pairs of shoes. You had to, or else like there was no point oh, sure. in in having bound feet. You had to have one for each season. Ideally, you had at least four pair per season, so sixteen. Some women had hundreds of these. Oh, sure. And they were designed to really like show off, like, hey, look at my bound feet, right. buddy. You know, that's what they were there for. Um, but there was one specific one that were always red. They were your wedding shoes. That's right. And inside, there was erotic embroidery, yeah. which the the husband, the new husband and the, the new wife would look at and like try out together. It's kind of an instruction manual for the bride yeah. by her mother or the women of the town. Like, just do this. Here's a picture of what you're supposed to do tonight. Yeah, and slippers, period, I think, were just, it was almost like the lingerie of the time. Yeah. Because they would... The bedroom slippers were more like uh, embroidered, like more sexily as well right. than just your average, like, you know, I got to go to the shop and pick up some rice shoes, yeah. you know. So the, the Chinese communists came along, Mao and his comrades, and said, you know what? You're a woman. We don't care. Get to work digging ditches. And, oh, your bound feet hurt you? Well, I guess you're going to starve because we give food based on how much work you did. And yeah. if you don't do the work, you're going to starve to death. That led to the real conclusion of foot binding. And apparently today they say with great authority that no one does it any longer. Yeah, that, that's good to know. Yeah. I'm surprised that it completely died out because... You'd think there'd be like a some few remote families like, yeah. here or there, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's turn. possible. Well, welcome to the modern age, is what I say. Isn't that just a bizarre, strange chapter, thousand-year chapter in one of the most populous nations on the planet's history? Totes. And very few people know about it. Yeah. Well, now a lot more people do. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you got anything else? No, you know, you can't like, there's no place we can direct people to voice their outrage because it doesn't happen anymore. No, but I'm sure we're going to get a lot of suggestions for female genital mutilation, and we should probably do that one. Female circumcision. We haven't done that? No, we did male circumcision. I, I don't think we talked about female... I think we like mentioned it and said we'll do that later. Oh, well. There you have it. We'll do it again. Okay. Uh, so if you want to learn more about foot binding and see some pictures of some um, 
unshod bound feet. Uh, you can type foot binding in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com and it'll bring up this article. And I said search bar, which means it's time for a message break. Uh, now listener mail, right? That's right. Uh, I'm going to call this, we're plugging something. Okay. And we, when we ask to plug things, we get a lot of people write in for like good uh, charities. And we can only do a certain amount of them. Otherwise, we'd be reading charity plugs all the time. So apologies to those who don't get theirs read. But this is from Kate uh, Habenicht. She said, don't worry about saying my last name wrong. No one does. If you just did, you get a fruit basket. I demand one. Habenicht. It's got to be German. That's good stuff. Uh, she lives in Bozeman, Montana. She says it's the most beautiful place on earth. And she's just been listening for a few months because her brother Jack is awesome and turned her on to it. Way to go, Jack. So during Listener Mail, guys, you uh, supported some really awesome charities and groups that try to make the world a better place. A friend of mine works for such a place. It's a coffee brewing company called Brownwater Coffee, uh, which got started here in Bozeman a few years ago and is now based in Denver. Uh, The great thing about these guys is that 15% of their profits go directly to getting clean water to those who need it, hence the great double meaning of the name Brownwater. Oh, wow. Uh, They're also a small company with only a handful of employees, but so far I've done an amazing job. Uh, not only is it a great cause, but their package design is awesome. And I can say that because I'm a recent grad of graphic design from Montana State University. Go Bobcats. Uh, the coffee's fantastic, and actually it's really some of the best I've ever had. So she highly recommends <laughs> No, no, seriously. <laughs> they sell it in shops mostly in the northwest at the moment, so unfortunately you won't be able to get your hands on it. But if you send me an address, I'll be more than happy to send some along. Do they sell it online? Uh, you would think so. Sell it online. She said, check them out on Facebook. Soon they will have their website back up and running after a quick redesign. So maybe oh, okay, that's the okay. deal. I'd be ecstatic if you mentioned them on the show. Uh, shout out to Ricky, owner and founder, and Katie, graphic designer, and Stevie, who is the master brewer at Brownwater Coffee. So ho- hopefully by the time this comes out, they'll have their website up and running. So I imagine if you search for Brownwater Coffee, it would come up, right? I would think in this day and age, you've got to be able to find something out online. I would think so, By too. the time this comes out. Yeah. So get with it, Brown Water Coffee, if you haven't already. Uh, thank you, Kate. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Kate. That's pretty awesome of you. I feel like uh, they owe you some coffee or something for that. Sure. Um, if you have a uh, awesome nonprofit organization, charity, that we can help out by giving a plug, um, you can send stuff to our Twitter handle, the at symbol, S-Y-S-K podcast, all one word. Uh, you can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Uh, you can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. And check out our website. It's got some good stuff on it. It's called StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your TV, computer, wireless device, or game console. You can get a 30-day free trial membership. Go to www.netflix.com stuff and sign up now.